everyone. What's up? How you doing? What a meltdown is going down in Martha's Vineyard, Tyler. Oh, wow. They're just shipping them out. Illegal immigrants came in. They're like, no, no, no. I don't know if you can fit at my house party or my backyard. I don't know. Out. I don't think you can fit in my 12 rooms and eight bathrooms. Out you go. Pantry. Out you go, everyone. That's how it works when the limousine liberals get hit with policies that they like for everyone else, but not for them. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the system. As you know, I've been zeroing in on the system because the system always goes after the little guy, right? That's you. That's you sitting at home right now. That's your business during a lockdown. That is your child at a public school. That is uh, you happen to live in a border town in the south- on the southern border, and you've got a business, you've got a home, and it's just being ransacked by drug cartels and all sorts of commotion and all sorts of chaos. You're a little guy. The system goes after you. And then what happens is the system puts policies in place that they know will affect you negatively. Because remember, they want you weak. They want you hungry. They want you poor. They want you compliant so you can become a government dependent. And then when that stuff that they put into place wraps around and slaps them in the ass, like hitting Martha's Vineyard or hitting New York City or hitting San Francisco or hitting Los Angeles, any of their liberal bastions, suddenly they say, oh, well, that I mean, you can't have that going on here. Oh, no, it's unsavory. How am I supposed to have an end of summer party like this? <laughs> yeah, so that's what's going on. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to lead off with that. If you haven't looked into it, basically what happened is Ron DeSantis... Florida governor, amazing governor, he decided that he was going to send illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. He did so two airplanes, about 50 people, actually, that they've been contending with, which we're going to talk about what a small number that is compared to what's actually going on on the southern border. Let's take a look at that uh, article, though, Tyler. You had it up there from the Daily Wire. Leftists explode. It's true. They lost their friggin' minds. They were like, oh, my God, this is human trafficking. All the same people that were silent, by the way, about the actual human trafficking that goes on along the southern border, suddenly they found the words. They found the words, the human trafficking. Oh, they're outraged. They don't know what to do. Ron DeSantis is a bigoted devil. That's what it is. He's a bigoted devil. Let's take a look. Yes, this is coming from DeSantis's office. Yes, Florida can confirm the two planes with illegal immigrants that arrived in Martha's Vineyard today were part of the state's relocation program. Fantastic. To transport illegal immigrants to sanctuary destinations. States like Massachusetts, New York, and California will better facilitate the care of these individuals who they have invited into our country by incentivizing illegal immigration through their designation as sanctuary states and support for the Biden administration's open border policies. Amen. This is what you need to do. You know what that means, right? And we're going to get to some of the comments at the bottom of this article in a second. But you know what a sanctuary city or sanctuary state, oftentimes it's sanctuary cities, mean. That means that essentially you invite lawlessness. You say that local law enforcement cannot cooperate with federal law enforcement, cannot cooperate with uh, ICE, cannot cooperate with anyone to remove someone who's illegal. You just got to allow it. So it's an invitation. And they all love these policies. Uh, They love them. They love to say it. Oh, sanctuary, 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 until it actually hits their door. Because oftentimes what happens is they say, oh, I'm a sanctuary city. And really, it's the small border towns along the southern border that are infiltrated and affected by these policies. So they get to say, sanctuary, yay, sticker. You know the sticker. Big banner outside the window, woke club. Everyone, we love every diversity. All the words they vomit out. 
and somebody else's business, somebody else's land, somebody else's family, somebody else's community in town, somebody else's school suffers as a result of these policies because you cannot allow for lawlessness. So you had a bunch of liberals weighing in on this, all dumb and dumber, truly dumb and dumber. In the bottom of that article, it's interesting. Let's take a look. Democrat activist Lindsay Lee falsely claimed that DeSantis was engaging in human trafficking. This is how they've sunk, celebrating a crime against humanity. Again, again, where are these people? Where have these people been for years and years and years while we've been talking about the actual human trafficking that goes on on the southern border? Where have they been when we've been talking about the rapes that happen to women when they try to get across? The sickness, the disease, the horrific conditions that children get dragged through. Where have they been when we've been talking about that? Where have they been when we've been talking about the drug cartels and the wheeling and dealing that happens and what goes on when those drug cartels interact with vulnerable women and children that are trying to make that track? They were all silent. They had nothing to say. They only have something to say when they feel they can make a political talking point out of it. Before that, nothing to say. Nope, no interest in solutions. Everyone was bigoted who talked about the wall. No. You have to incentivize legal processes and you have to let people know if you come across that border illegally, you're not getting in. And I know it sounds savage. I'm not talking about the asylum process here. Let's put that to the side. Everyone's going, oh, Jed, asylums. I understand. There are people that are legitimately fleeing horrific conditions. There is a process whereby you go through the asylum process, okay? That's a process as well. Except let's take that out. Let's just talk about the people who just cross illegally because they know they're going to get to the other side and they know once they get to the other side, they're in. It's done. Everyone thinks it's harsh to say you've got to send people back. You have to send people back. And my friend Jesse Kelly put a tweet out, I think it was yesterday, where he said, it sounds harsh, it sounds cruel, you'll only have to do it once. You will only have to do it once and then people will not come. And you know what? who will be spared? If you do it once and you say you cannot come here illegally, you have to follow the protocol. You have to follow the process. The cities, the towns, we cannot handle what's going on right now. We are not equipped. You say that, you spare women, you spare children, you don't incentivize drug cartels, you don't incentivize an inhumane process that has been happening on the southern border for years and years and years. These people, these liberals, the woke mob, they want to incentivize that process and then they want to get mad if the ramifications of that process infiltrate their backyard. Disgusting. This was my favorite. MSNBC host Chris Hayes deeply it's talking about, you know, the fact that DeSantis shipped everybody over to Martha's Vineyard. 50 people, by the way. And we're going to talk about what a small number that is in light of what is actually seen on the southern border. But he said, as he tweeted, deeply, deeply sick and dehumanizing to fling human beings somewhere vindictively. Why is it vindictive? Why is it vindictive? If you are advocating in Martha's Vineyard for a policy that you are a sanctuary, if you are saying, come on in, we don't care about the law, we can handle it, we want to incentivize people to cross the border illegally, we are going to accommodate you. And DeSantis says to himself, well, we're not a sanctuary because we believe in following the law. We believe that immigration is a process and we cannot sustain the economic and social ramifications in communities of what happens when you have to now track individuals and figure out what's going on and make sure there's no criminal among us. And it, it, it reaps havoc on our community. So if you want to do it, feel free. Here they are. Why is that dehumanizing? Why? Tell me why. And somehow it wasn't dehumanizing to incentivize all of that disgusting stuff with drug cartels and whatnot that we just talked about. These people are phony. They're disgusting. 
and they're hypocrites. So that was what now, and, and, and there was a lot of response that happened here. So originally I was like, how many people, right? So you go and Martha's Vineyard posted a statement initially. First of all, it's fascinating in their uh, tweet. They say to our island community, here's an update on our current humanitarian crisis. Now it's a humanitarian crisis. I just want you to observe the choice of words. These are limousine liberals that live in Martha's Vineyard, by the way. Liberals, you know, super, super liberal. They got all the stickers, honey. They got all the stickers. They support all the causes. Now it justifies the word humanitarian crisis. Interesting. Hmm. No sympathy for what's been going on for the people that live by the border, though, for how many years now? Disgusting. And then I find out, I read at the bottom, and I'm like, approximately 50 individuals from Venezuela landed at the Martha's Vineyard Airport. 50 people. I thought they were talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people when I first read the story. Well, why did I think that? Well, because that's what's happening in the border towns. So Martha's Vineyard couldn't handle the 50 people that came over. They were like, what are we going to do? So you know what they did today? This morning, in case you didn't catch up, in case you were busy doing this and that, they decided they were going to bust them out. They were going to put them on buses and they were going to bust them to another location because they didn't have the resources. So I ask you to consider this. If Martha's Vineyard can't handle 50 people, what about Del Rio? And this is fantastic. It was a tweet by uh, John Hassan. I didn't give you this one, Tyler, so don't worry. But I saw this just before the show started. Martha's Vineyard, population 15,000. Okay, They can't handle 50. 50 people. Del Rio, 36,000. 28,000 migrants in October of 2021 alone. 28,000 migrants. Nobody is advocating for Del Rio. Well, why? I'll tell you why. Because the media, the liberal elite media that comes out of New York City and comes out of Washington, D.C., doesn't give a shit about the people in Del Rio. They don't care. It's not their problem. They want their sticker. They want to be written up well in all the magazines as we're a sanctuary, but they don't want to feel the ramifications of those policies, and they don't care. If you're in a border town, they don't give a shit about you. Now, why is this important? You may be sitting at home and saying, well, I don't live in a border town. You know, what's it to me? In the same way that during COVID, maybe you were sitting in Florida or sitting in a place where, or Texas, and there was freedom, and you were like, well, I'm just, you know, I, I don't have to wear my mask, and I don't have to, you know, force vaccinate to do X, Y, and Z. You have to care because at some point it's going to be you. Do you understand what's going on here? You've got the guys at the top, people at the top, it's women too, people at the top, they want you destroyed, and they're going to do it in whatever capacity they can. If it's your small town on the border, they don't care. It's advantageous to them if you get buried. You know why? What happens if you get buried on the border and you're no longer a self-sufficient, self-reliant individual? You know what you need? Big daddy government to come in. Also, and let's just say it, let's be controversial. Why not? They, are, they want this situation. They want these people coming over. They want it. Why? Because they think it's going to be a bunch of Democrat voters. That's why. They want this to happen. They say, well, why don't Democrats do anything to stop it? Get your head out of your behind. They don't do anything to stop it because this is what they want. This is exactly what they want. And they will sacrifice those women and those children. They will sacrifice all of the well-being of all those individuals to A, have a talking point, and B, have a long-term goal of, oh, but then, you know, Republicans never get elected because we think all these people are going to vote Democrat, and maybe we can even incentivize a nation of dependents. That's where their heads are going. So you need to know that. So media weighed in on all this. Hilarious, honestly. So I, I see a clip. I don't have, I don't watch TV. I don't have cable. I don't, you turn on my TV, you just see like fuzz, like it's like, I don't know, 
1850. No, when, when did the TV first come out, Tyler? I don't know. Whenever the TV first came out, you know, you'd see that screen and it would just be like that gray. That's what my TV looks like because I only watch Hulu and Netflix. I have no use for the news. It's not news. Did you just say 1850? No, I, as a joke, as a joke. As I said it as a joke. I said <laughs> so I was being says. sarcastic. No, I was being sarcastic. Like, oh, if you went back to, no. When did the TV come out, though? 19 what? 19... 1930, 1940? I would have guessed... I probably would have guessed a little earlier than that. Like, uh, first successfully demonstrated my, uh, September 7th, 1927. Oh, okay. See, I would have said like a little earlier. So I would have been about right. Don't make fun of me. Tyler's got no sense of humor today, it seems. I'm telling you, he, he's out one day... And he's got this little attitude that he comes back with, is all I'm going to say. First time I drove a car was 1784. I dr- I've got you beat. 1610. Anyway. <laughs> How do you know it wasn't a horse and buggy that I was referencing? Anyway. So I, uh, I don't have TV. I don't care about TVs. Uh, I have a TV in my room that just plays Netflix and Hulu. There's no net TV. I also don't have a couch. Other story. Separate, separate conversation for a separate day. I see clips online from The View. And uh, I see Whoopi Goldberg has weighed in on this. So I'm like, oh, let's see. I follow it on my Twitter feed. It says, Governor DeSantis sends two planes of migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Undocumented immigrants. They don't like the term illegal. They say it's not accurate, this, that, and the other thing. We're put on planes in Texas and sent to Martha's Vineyard. And here's the commentary. So we're going to start, and we're going to play just Whoopi's comments, and then we're going to talk about what's wrong with them. Let's go. Immigrants were put on planes and flown from Texas to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Florida Governor... Ron DeSantis said he used his state's funds to do that. That means taxpayers paid for it. And his spokespersons added that places like Massachusetts and New York should take care of them since they're the ones inviting them here by calling themselves sanctuary cities. Now, I, call me crazy, but I remember the big, tall, green lady, you know, the one that's yeah. over on the river. And she kind of said, send me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, the tempest tossed to me. I thought that was part of what we did here in the United States. We welcomed people, invited people who were going through crap in the countries they lived in, getting abused in the countries they lived in. I thought we asked people to come here. And I know that uh, Ron DeSantis's great-great-grandma arrived at uh, in Ellis Island in 1917 from Italy. She also could not read or write, but no one gave her permission to come. She come, and we still took her in. So I get that. I, I understand what they're trying to do. I get they're, tr- they're trying to make a point. But it's these are people you're playing with. These are real live people with children and older people. And, you know, we can work it out, but if you're going to be a bonehead, okay. who wants so, to So this is fascinating to me. Hilarious. Oh, God, liberals. It's just exhausting some days. So first of all, she mentions taxpayers in Florida. I can guarantee you, Whoopi, that the taxpayers in Florida are fine with their money being used to remove lawlessness from what's going on. They don't, need, they don't want this. They don't want Florida to become, oh, this is the next home for lawbreakers. They're not interested in that. You know why? Because they look at what that does to places like San Francisco. They look at what that does to places like New York City. And they don't want that going on in Florida. So that's number one. Um, number two, she mentions, and this ha- liberals do this all the time. I love, the, I love an Ellis Island reference. I really do. I love the Statue of Liberty brought in. This is an emotional, this is meant to elicit an emotional reaction. Because everyone 
most people say can say, I am a family of immigrants, right? You know your grandparents, your great-grandparents that came over here, and all of a sudden it elicits this emotional reaction of like, what are we doing? Are we just cruel now? Well, no. No, you're not. Here's why. There was a process when you went to Ellis Island. First of all, there was a port of entry, right? This wasn't just a bunch of people just hopping on the bandwagon with the drug cartels and coming over and wrecking their lives and just deciding, oh, we're just not going to follow the laws. We're just going to... No, there was a process. And here's what happened at Ellis Island. I went back and I wanted something to reference for you guys. Ellis Island, this is coming from... We have statueofliberty.org. We have a bunch of locations here um, that you can pull up, Tyler, if you want. But essentially, Ellis Island had an inspection process. I don't know if you know that. People just didn't show up and it was like, check, yep, come on in. No, it didn't work like that. It was a three to five hour inspection process. And the ship's manifest log was filled with 29 questions. They would do a full, by the way, medical evaluation on you to make sure you didn't have any diseases that you could communicate to the public, uh, the, to the citizens. And they would do that full diagnosis, and then they would ask you these questions. Among the questions, among the 29 questions, were the following, which were interesting. What is your occupation? Are you able to read or write, yes or no? Uh, what was your last permanent place of residence? Who paid for your passage? Interesting. How much money do you have? At least the equivalent of $50, by the way, and think about this, you're talking about the early 1900s. At least the equivalent of $50 was needed are you meeting a relative here in America? If so, who and what is their address? Have you been in prison, charity, almshouse, or in insane asylum? Are you a polygamist? Are you an anarchist? Are you coming to America for a job? Interesting question. What and where will you work? What is the condition of your health? Are you deformed or crippled? And the questions go on. Now, why did they ask these questions? You might wonder, well, there were, I think it was approximately two, to, the, the stats are a little bit different on different sites, but what I've seen, 2% of people were just rejected, could not enter. I don't know why. My guess is that some weren't able to answer some of these questions. Uh, it was clear that they had no plan. They were going to come here and just kind of feed off of whatever was going on, and there was no answer to the job question. Maybe they had some diseases. Maybe they had something that was deemed a threat to the public. Maybe there was some sort of criminality that was investigated. I don't know. Now, you would say, oh, well, 2% is small. That's right. That's right, it was, because the vast majority of people who came here through Ellis Island knew that a condition of them getting accepted was that they had to show a reason for wanting to be here. A reason, I am going to contribute to society in X, Y, and Z way. I know you can't say that now, it sounds bigoted, but should we not be able to discern that people are not criminals, that people are not going to be a complete and total drain on the system and not incentivized to contribute to the system? Should we not be able to ask questions about where you intend to work, what you intend to do? Why not? Why can't you ask any questions? Why? We have to just accept that it could be a drug dealer. It could be someone affiliated with a cartel. It could be somebody that could be a gross danger to the community. It could be somebody who was a criminal in their own country and now is coming here. It could be some, I mean, why? Why does anybody have to swallow that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because again, these people the Whoopies and the Barack Obamas, they live, and the Nancy Pelosi's, they've got their guards, they've got their property, they've got their gated communities. It's not going to affect them. But if criminals come across the border in large quantity and you live in a small border t in a border town and you have a small house and you protect your family and you've got maybe a farm out back and that's your food supply, what happens to you? Well, they don't. It's not a concern to them. 
because to them it's just a talking point. Oh, Ellis Island, we were so nice then and now we're so terrible. So you have to be able to have these conversations with people. And in this article, it was interesting. Um, the person who wrote it uh, in the 29 questions, which I believe was uh, Paul W. Andrews. I don't know who he is. He has WordPress, but I found this on them. And he, and he says, the key questions were number 6, 16, and 22, which were some of the ones I referenced. Basically, do you know a trade? Do you have enough money? Where will you work? In other words, he says, would you be able to contribute to the United States or be a burden on its society? Well, why can't we have that discussion? And this is not about race. I don't give a damn where you're coming from. I don't care if it's Sweden. I don't care if it's Venezuela. I don't give a damn about that. This is not about race. People who are actual racists see race in everything. This is not about race. This is about the United States of America, what we can and can't endure. This is a country that's massively in debt. This is a country where you have an, an enormous number of people that are going on the government system now, right? Food stamps, whatever it may be. You have a growing nation of dependents. You have a crime that is ballooning in cities across the country, these blue woke cities in large part. You can't afford to just not care about these things. I don't give a damn. You have to be able to make sure that the people that are coming here are not going to be a threat to the individuals already here when it comes to safety, when it comes to security, and that they should want to come here to be productive and to do something amazing. And there are many people who do, by the way, many people. This is not an anti-immigrant sentiment. I, my family came from Italy. Many people come here with the dream and the hope to make themselves better, and they do. They're extremely valuable. They're knowledgeable. They have skill sets that are targeted. Some of them are engineers. There are people who come here with a legitimate desire, and maybe they're not engineers. Sounds fancy. But maybe they really want to make something of themselves, and they know this is the place to be, and they're law-abiding people. Great. But we need to filter out the ones who aren't, because they're also going to be a problem to those people, to those immigrants that are coming over now. They don't want to come to the United States to build something amazing and have People that are coming across the border with the drug cartels threaten what they've just gotten here to start to achieve? Come on. <sighs> These people are nauseating. So then I go to Senator Ron Johnson, who, by the way, has been fantastic on a number of issues. Senator Ron Johnson has been great on the vaccine. He doesn't give two shits about the system. He doesn't care. He's going to expose what needs to be exposed. I go to his Twitter feed, and... The first tweet he has uh, before, he, before this graphic right above it, I'm just going to read. It says, Democrats are as detached from reality as they are from the truth. To put the VP's secure border in perspective, at least 3 million people have entered illegally and been dispersed across America since the start of the Biden administration. That's more than the population of 17 states. So you go down and it says the truth. Look at the border apprehensions. Look at the chart. At the bottom, that's 2022 all the way down. Okay, you see, you're over 210,000. These are monthly totals, people. Monthly totals by Border Patrol at ports of entry. 210,000. It surpassed that when it comes to minors. Disgraceful. Minors. And now you look at that chart. You look at it good and you think about Martha's Vineyard. Oh, 50 people. I don't Where should we? I don't know. Do we have enough buses? You could just vomit. And this is this is the point. This is not about the border exclusively. This is not about whether this issue pertains to your life today. Although I will tell you, if that crime ramps up, where do you think that info, that spreads out. That spreads out to the rest of the state. That spreads out 
to the rest of the community. That spreads out. It bleeds out. Trust me, I'm a New Yorker. I come from where all of a sudden the whole city is being overtaken by crime that bled out. It's very easy. It's very possible. But do you see how little these elites give a shit about you? They don't care about you until it matters to them and their backyard. And even then, you know what they're going to do? They'll just bust them out. Bust them out. Bust them out. And it's still your problem. They're not going to fix this. I told you they're not incentivized to fix it. There's no desire to fix it. But you need to understand, I don't care what the issue is. I don't care if it's border security. I don't care if it's masking. You remember? Gavin Newsom didn't follow his own lockdown rules. You know that. So let's go through it. And I put a tweet out this morning. Bill Gates is not eating bugs, honey. He's not eating bugs. And Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi didn't follow their own lockdown rules. And these people in Martha's Vineyard, they're not going to accept hundreds upon hundreds of illegal immigrants coming into Martha's Vineyard an hour. They're not going to do it. So these liberals, these elites, they call them limousine liberals for a reason. These elites want you to be subjected to a bunch of bullshit that harms you, that harms your livelihood, that harms your family, and they're not going to have any of it. They're like, oh, no, I'm exempt. And we're going to get, we're going to get to some of the Hollywood elites too. They will exempt themselves every single time. And I'm going to say another thing. If you think all those people in power got the experimental vaccine that they mandated you to, you got another thing coming because they didn't. They didn't. Moving on. So we talk about uh, the elites. That's the theme of the show today. Um, we talk about the elites all the time. And uh, Hollywood is not exempt. Kim Kardashian. Kim, Kard- Kim spread your legs for the Kim Kardashian. That's what I like to call her. She uh, has been talking a lot about climate change. Remember, she did that fake meat campaign. I think it was the, was it the Beyond Burger? And then Courtney did the daring campaign of that fake meat that was all like garbage food that horribly unhealthy. And I said to you, oh, they're not eating the fake meat. Honey, they're not eating it. Don't you worry, they're not. Well, this is what she says, page six. Kim Kardashian amid private jet flack. She's been getting a lot of flack because she's got the private jet. This is what she says. I pick and choose how to help climate change. Okay, let's read. Kim Kardashian says she's doing her part to combat climate change despite using her relatively new private jet to fly everywhere. I believe in climate change and I believe that anything can help. But I also believe in being realistic. And I think sometimes there's just so much to worry about on this planet and it can be really scary to live your life with anxiety. Oh, okay. I do what I can. Listen to the quote. I do what I can, but you have to pick and choose what really works for you in your life. No one's going to be 100% perfect. Do you, did your head just spin around exorcist style? So you got to use the paper straw. You got to be at home drinking that thing and you're drinking it and all of a sudden the straw is just, there's no straw and you're just swallowing paper. But Kim, she can't get from point A to point B without a private jet because that would just be, that would be anxiety inducing. I just can't. I mean, I can do what I can but I can't push myself too far. Do you hear this nonsense? And I told you, stop listening to these people because they get a phone call from the top. You know how the system works. You get a phone call from the top. Who knows who reached out to, oh, Kim, we'd really love, we're doing this plant-based campaign and you're so influential and we'll give you, um, you know, $50 million. Um, do you want to just like bite this burger? This burger? And she signs on, and then you're all out there eating some fake bullshit meat instead of your grass-fed beef from the farm or wherever, or even your grass-fed beef from the grocery store, whatever. 
and you're you're getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And she's got a private chef on site that's probably carving up that grass-fed filet mignon nice and good for her every day. Side of vegetables, some berries with honey. Whatever she wants, she gets. You listen to her, you get sicker. The system gains. Remember, they want you sick. You need to accept that. They want you sick. If you're healthy, you're a threat. You're healthy, you don't need them. You have money, you don't need them. You're sick, you're broke, you need them. It's all a strategy. Figure it out. And they use these people, they pay them, and they use them to be a messenger to get you unwell at every turn. So she's talking about climate change. And the comments, let me tell you, the comments, people were like, no, honey. They've had it with this one. They said, uh, let's see, why do I have to limit my meat consumption and use paper straws while the 1% gets to pump tons of carbon into the atmosphere for a day trip to Palm Springs, somebody said, a follower wrote. And they were talking about Taylor Swift, too. Taylor's jet is loaned out regularly to other individuals. <laughs> the spokesperson says she, she's, she's charitable with her jet. She loans it out to other people. And people responded and said, well, how does that help the, the, the gas emissions? The dumb hurts. The dumb hurts. These people don't care about you. The sooner you figure out that these people don't give a shit about you, the healthier and happier you'll be. Okay, but this is how the system works. So you have to understand that there are all actors in the system. It's not just like you think of the system and you think of like Bill Gates or, you know, these Mark Zuckerberg. It doesn't work like that. It all has to be hand in hand. It has to be the big tech coordinating with the big government, coordinating with the big media, coordinating with the big Hollywood, coordinating with what information actually gets disseminated. Go do a Google search every now and then and see what pops up. Just do yourself a favor. Go do a Google search and look at what pops up. It looks like a whole bunch of propaganda. It looks like state-run media. It's ridiculous. It's all one-sided. Go back. Oh, even search something about a vaccine. You'll be like, well, what the hell's going on? state-run media. <clears throat> so Kim Kardashian gets to do whatever she wants is the bottom line. You don't. You don't. You have to suffer in the same way that Martha's Vineyard doesn't have to keep any illegal immigrants that, no, 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 it's not, just doesn't, it's, we're, it's not big enough here. We don't have enough space. They don't have to, but you're a little border town. You'll manage. You'll figure it out. By the way, Tyler, could you go back? One thing I forgot to do is show, um, Obama's house in Martha's Vineyard. It's the second link on the, I think it's important to take a look at Obama's house. Because he lives there and there's been a lot of talk. I don't know if these pictures are going to come up. You can even search Obama's house, Mar Martha's Vineyard, it'll come up. There's been a lot of talk about there not being any enough room. Martha's, they say Martha's Vineyard's small. That's what I heard somebody say this morning. I wish I could remember who it was, but I don't, you know, just Twitter scrolling. It's small. It's small. Giant ass mansions that you could fit we could basically take, go outside in Florida, pull up, look at, the, look at the house. I don't know. I think there's a lot of bedrooms there that could be utilized for, I'm sure 50 people could fit in. You could do something out back too. He can order in some food. Um, that stuff on the back side, what, what is that back there? Is that water? Isn't, aren't, aren't, isn't this all going to be underwater when the ice caps melt and climate change hits in 12 hours? You've got like, I don't know. Maybe you got, got two like, weeks or else we're all going to die from climate change. All going to die. But it's a good thing we bought a $25 million house in Martha's yeah. Vineyard. Yeah. You see these people, though? That spread the wealth. Obama, by the way. Remember that? 
when you spread the wealth around, it's good for everybody. He told Jill the plumber. Remember that? That was the first moment where you were like, oh, this guy, I cannot spread the wealth around. Except his. Did he chop that house of his up into little tiny pieces and give it out to everybody in the neighborhood? No, he didn't. You think he needs a big house like that? I always wonder what rich people do with all that space. Honestly, it just looks like more to worry about. Like, if there's going to be ghosts, there's just more places to hide. That's all I see. But, you know, you're rich. You want a big-ass house. You earned it. You Fine. But this guy wants you. You got to give more of your money. Your construction worker out there. I love construction workers. They know how to build shit. Those are the real men. They, they, you construction worker, you come home, you're feeding your family, you're doing what you got. You, you got you to gotta take more of your money and give it back to the government. It's not enough. But that guy, that guy, he's not chopping up his house. And people say, oh, yeah, but he pays taxes too. Sure he does. Sure he pays taxes. He just makes such a shit ton of money. It doesn't even matter. But if he's a spread the wealth guy, then he should cap his income and he should divide all his assets as far as I'm concerned or stop talking about it. Zip it up. I don't want to hear it. I don't like a hypocrite. Well, and see, that's it's not the hypocrisy that gets me because everybody's a hypocrite. Right. To some extent, 95 percent of people are are hypocrites. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the projection that you have to watch out for. You ever want to know what the other side is doing? Wait for them to see what they're calling the conservatives or whatever. Okay, so Ron DeSantis is playing politics by transporting 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard. What have they, what have they been doing with the 2 million people? They're shuffling, shuffling them all around the country mm-hmm. to turn Texas red, or excuse me, to turn Texas blue, to turn Alabama yep. blue, to turn New Mexico blue, right? Like what, what, yep. are they, what does uh, MSNBC call Fox News or Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? Authoritarian tyrants. These are the same people that are censoring Donald Trump censoring yeah. Ron DeSantis. If you don't get the jab, it's the vax. It's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's not the hypocrisy. It's it's the projection. Yeah. Well, there's an evilness to it. There is an evilness to to the way these people just don't care. They don't care. They don't care. I'm telling you, you really have to. And it's not just Democrats, by the way. It's not just Democrats. There's Republicans. I was reading something yesterday. I was going to cover it on the show about stocks that were being traded and how. Uh, so many Republicans and Democrats in Congress were financially benefiting from a stock trading situation and, and, and boards that they sat on. The whole government, to say that it's corrupt would be a gross understatement. It is. It's, that's why people say, I know Andrew Tate says, well, I'm not political. I think part of what he's saying is like, <laughs> it's all the same shit. It's all, it's all corrupt. But there is a difference. There is a difference because you do have some Republicans and you see it in Rand Paul and you see it in Ron DeSantis. You do have people who step up and say, "This, what is going on here? Ron Johnson, we just covered. There are people, You maybe it's not the party at large, but there are people really making a difference. And for the vast majority, in the vast majority of cases, if you're going to find a freedom fighter, it's not going to be on the left. It's not. It's not. Find me someone on the left who has been strongly advocating for border security. I'll wait. Tulsi Gabbard. This is, this is the thing, though. Yeah, I think, I think this Democrat-Republican uh, label is out the window. Yes. I think it's done. I think it's very simple that it's... And I'm not the first, in, first person to say this by any means, but it's, it's globalists versus populists. Yeah. And I think this is part of the reason why the left was so afraid of Bernie Sanders. I said this on PBD. I'm not a fan of Bernie mm-hmm. at all, but I respect the guy because he, at heart, he's a populist. His ideas may be wrong, but he's a populist. Do you, do you remember in 2016 when he did an interview with Huffington Post and they said, so you're for an open border, right? And he said, absolutely not. No, we're going to shut down the border. We're going to have legal... Uh, small amounts of immigration, we're going to do this right. Because what happens to the immigrants who come over when you have unlimited supply in a workforce, right? Wa- there's no wage floor. They can't make any money at all. Zero. Right. Because you have unlimited supply. This is why 
under Donald Trump for the first time in how many years, small wage earners, their wages had it increased. It was like 18 or 19 years for the first time it increased. And this is the thing. It's no longer Democrats and Republicans. It's, it's these globalists. They, they, like you say, they don't care about the small people and they, they don't care about the country. They care about what's going to make them the biggest bottom line. How can they make the most money? They, they'll go coordinate with China or Russia or whoever it is. Like, do you, do you think if Russia had three million people uh, migrating from Ukraine and they shut the border down and they said, nope, we're not going to do this no more, that, that the, the globalists or the left, if you will, would, would disown Russia? Do you think they'd stand up against Russia? No. Or no. If China, like it happened in China, right? If China had three million migrants, they said, nope, we're not going to do this. It's not going to happen. Or if the southern border were, if, it, if things were situated differently and what was happening on the southern border was happening on the border, you know, the New York border or right. the, and it was, it was directly it was affecting. Exactly. If it was Canadians. And it's just a reality of the way that it's manifesting. But it's, it's been, it's been remarkable because looking at the coverage of the last day or so, it's just been so fascinating to me to see how many people on the left are suddenly willing to a, acknowledge that there's a problem suddenly and b condemn this as trafficking, condemn this as cruel, but have been silent on the cruelty of leaving the border unsecured mm -hmm. for so long. Well, you go watch Eric Adams for months. He said, nope, we need to have an open border. Everybody yeah. come over. We're the land of the free. Right. And then they go to New York, New York and we can't do it. New York is flooded. What are you crazy? Sending everyone to New York? Yeah, of course. It's the same in Chicago. Right. It's the same. I mean, it's they, like you say, it's the, everybody's a hypocrite. But but it's the same thing that you saw. It's it's like the same exact thing you saw during COVID when we covered all of the politicians in high ranking positions. Whether it was Nancy Pelosi going to the hair salon to get her hair done with no mask, or it was Gavin Newsom going to the big party, or whatever it was, you always see these people in positions of power. They it's like oh the little people need to follow these rules that they. No, make no sense. But it keeps them compliant. It keeps them scared. It keeps big government in power. And they themselves don't follow that in any sense of the word. So I think you're right. I think that populism has emerged. I think there's more and more people willing to say it's not about Democrats. It's not about Republicans. It's about deep corruption in the system. And people, that's why they say the system, I don't care what you call it, the system, the matrix, everyone's looking at these big, big, big institutions that are holding hands that are completely controlling the narrative from the top down. And what it takes to do that is all of these little things, right? It's coordinated effort. It comes from, I'm telling you, I've, I've, been, I've sat in the, on these shows. I've sat on these shows and watched the coordinated messaging get passed down. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying that. That's ridiculous. It happens all the time. It's drenched through the news media. So then you turn on the news and you think you're getting actual news, but it's not. It's not. There's always some degree of propaganda woven into it. It's, it's really, really, really uh, problematic for society at large. So I want to get to the last two topics actually relate to this as well. I kept this all on the system and all on, you know, wrecking the little guy. And because this is I want you angry. I want you empowered. And I don't want you swallowing any of this stuff. I don't want you ever feeling too afraid to combat this stuff because that too many people got scared during COVID and they got away with way too much, which I think a lot of people ultimately realized. I want to talk about intimacy. This is a, an article that I saw from Psychology Today that is revolting in many ways. I want to talk about that and I also want to talk about, we're going to do some Facebook Fauci coordination that I saw as well and we're going to roll through those videos, which is very, very important. But keep the system in mind when we talk about everything, if they wanted to destroy you, if you wanted a weak population, what would you do? You would do this.
is sex tech the future of intimacy? Now you look at this and you're like, oh, sex robots, who cares? I'm not going to do that. Pay attention. It's coming. Pay attention. And it will be propped up. This will be propped up by everybody else that we're talking about here. It will become political. This whole article was political, if you would believe it. The whole article started with the repeal of Roe. And they injected politics into this. Let's take a look. So the repeal of Roe has profound, this is according to the article, the repeal of Roe has profound implications both inside and outside of some people's bedrooms. One act of intercourse may not be worth the loss of agency over one's body and one's future. Sex tech offers what human partners can't. Safe, super stimulating, and risk-free sexual experiences. So now they're coming in because there was a lot of talk of Roe. Remember, abortion was not banned. That's a lie. They just sent it back to the states, but the media needs you to believe that it's banned, right? Because they think you're a puppet and a dummy. They think you bit, chewed, swallowed their nonsense, and they need you to believe that so that you now start to believe that sexual intimacy and intimacy of all kinds that bonds people together, that builds relationships, that builds community, that builds marriages, that builds fundamental institutions in our society that bring people together instead of tearing them apart, they need you to believe that's all broken, right? So that you get weaker, you get lonely, and now you are hanging out with some stupid sex robot or some metaverse bullshit instead of facing the real world. Okay, let's take a look at this, though. I love the way they do this because the propaganda is right out and up front. I love it. Here's some of the lines from the article. As intimate relationships become riskier, sex tech is quickly becoming formidable competition of human sex partners. The loss of abortion rights in some states creates a massive disruption to human intimacy. Penile vaginal intercourse now has the potential to rewrite a person's entire life, eliminating a woman's agency over her body and her future. Most people would agree that one act of intercourse, no matter how thrilling, isn't worth that. So do you see what they did already? They took all the personal responsibility out of, they sucked it right out, right? As if everybody is immediately a victim of circumstance. You're, you're not a self-empowered adult that can make a decision, A, whether to have sex with somebody or not, B, whether to use protection and take certain precautions or not, three, whether to have those conversations about if we don't take precautions and we wind up in a situation, are we in a position to raise a child? Do I love you? Is this something serious? They've removed all that from the equation, right? They don't want you doing any of that because that would create a self-empowered autonomous individual and they can't have that. So now what they want to say is, oh, it's all too hard and everyone's out to get you and they don't want you to be able to just have risky, ridiculous, you know, one night stands with no protection and no consequence and just run to the store and get an abortion. You know, they don't want that. So we have to come up with an alternative because this is all too scary. Crawl back into your little, your little hole, your little weak little, and believe me, who is this marketed to? Are you listening to me? This is not marketed to women, guys. This is for you. Men, are you listening? Get in the chat. I want to see that you're here. Men, are, do you hear me? This stuff is marketed to you, to the young men of the world. Again, they need you weak. So now they're trying to tell you that you don't have autonomy over your relationships, that you don't, you don't, you don't have the ability to do that. It's too hard. And instead, you should lean on pornography. You should lean on what do they call it, uh, sex tech? Because you are too cowardly and too weak to step into the real world, make decisions for yourself, be a responsible adult and decide what you are comfortable with and have those conversations with a partner and be engaged in actual intimacy that will make you feel like the man that you are. No, you got to feel like a little boy trapped in a room, all perverted, looking at like 
pornography and, you know, feeling like, well, I could never get a girl like that. Instead of building yourself up and walking up to somebody and making that shit happen and being responsible and having those conversations and taking personal responsibility and accountability for your actions. They cannot, I will say it again, I said it on Twitter yesterday, they cannot sink a country, they cannot sink a city without sinking the young men. You better open your eyes if they're not open already. Because all this stuff about porn and the metaverse and this sex, this is all targeted toward men. They want you sitting in your room alone and lonely. And by the way, fat, fat, yes, fat and unhappy with the way you look and not confident and all of those things and not entering into relationships and not feeling like a man so that you'll be compliant with whatever they hand you, whether it's 75 masks to go to the grocery store or 6,500 boosters because you're like, well, I'm fat, I'm not in good health. I don't know, I should just get another shot, I guess. Sad, depressed, feeling like you can't own your own life. That's all this is about. By the way, written by a female, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. This is what else they say. Since most intercourse occurs between people not trying to conceive, many folks, regardless of their biological sex, will decide that sex is just not worth the risk. Again, you like you can't do a risk assessment. What? How infantilizing to men? You can't do a risk assessment and say to yourself, you know what? I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna be careless. It's not worth it to me. I'm not gonna be careless. I'm gonna have sex. I'm gonna take precautions. I'm gonna do this, or I'm not gonna have sex unless it's with somebody that really matters to me. Because if something does happen, I'm gonna have to be prepared to face the consequences. No, 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 you little boy, go into the room and play with your sex robot. Shh, you'll be fine. So I, I need you guys to hear this stuff. Um, and this is, this is one last paragraph I want to read from this before we move to Fauci. Gnome. Enter sex tech, a perfectly poised, perfectly poised to pick up the pieces. For many people, sex tech is just what the doctor, or in this case, the judge, ordered. Regardless of your sex organ, sex tech aims to please. High-tech vibrators are available to thrill all genital shapes and sizes. That part's targeted toward women. Intense and realistic virtual reality porn, avatar sex on simulation sites, and apps supporting any sexting interest. All options are safe, risky, super stimulating, and now without any complications in the morning. Does this not sound like Black Mirror? Honestly, what the hell are we living anymore? Who wants to live in this world? By the way, they're talking, men, let me just tell you too, this is targeted all toward men. And this part is even targeted toward men. I thought for a second, oh, they're talking about vibrators. It's targeted toward women. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's to make you feel like women don't need you. Oh, see, women can just get a vibrator that operates at, you know, 60 times the speed. It's very hard to compete with some of those toys. It is. It's ridiculous. It's like this piece of machinery sometimes. I mean, I remember walking into a store once and turning one on and be like, whoa, that seems like it could hurt me. I don't know if I'm going to sign up for that. They know that. They know it's not a realistic comparison, this crazy motorized whatever the hell it is. You know what it also isn't? It's not as gratifying. It's not as satisfying. It's not because there's no connection involved. And women get gratification from connection with men. That is a deep layer of all of this. So you got a lot of women right now sitting in their rooms being told men are the problem, sitting with a vibrator, by the way, and they're not satisfied because there's no emotional connection, there's no bonding, and women benefit greatly from that and oftentimes need it to get deep satisfaction from a sexual experience. We know that. Let's be honest with ourselves. So I'm talking to you guys because the message here is, oh, women won't need you. They'll have all these toys. Anyway, they won't need you anyway. And you'd be much happier not having to worry about getting anybody pregnant. You can't do the risk assessment because you're a big baby. So don't worry about it. We'll just sit you in a room and you play with a sex doll. Absorb what's happening. 
okay? And in the same breath as this is happening, maybe you operate a farm and they're coming for you, right? Maybe you live in a border town. Oh, that sucks. Maybe you lived in New York City and your business was taken away from you that you worked your whole life for. Maybe you had to stick a mask on your child to go to school. Do you understand it's coming at you from every angle? You better wake the fuck up. If you're not woke up already, if your eyes aren't wide open, I want to see bug eyes in my audience. I want to see bug eyes and then I want to see fuck no. No. Okay. When it's stuff like this, why Andrew Tate is the most popular person on the planet. That's right. That's right. He's not popular for any other reason than he's saying, don't let them run you. You run you. Get off your ass. Go to the gym. Build your own life. Be a fucking man. Be a man. Don't be some little pansy sitting in your room with, a, with some sort of sex app. How pathetic. How ridiculous. Be somebody who can go into a room and feel confident that you're going to get the girl. you got to feel confident in yourself. And you know what? If you're that guy, you're also not going to comply with the rest of their bullshit. You're not. And that's why he's popular. You're right. You're right, Tyler. I did this. You weren't here for the show the other day, but that is why he's popular. He's not playing the system's game. And guys, listen, I don't care. You don't have to agree with everything Tate says. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. But the mere fact that he doesn't give a shit, whether you agree with him, that's the whole point. He's like, listen, you don't have to agree with everything I fucking say, but I'm telling you, get off your ass. You don't want to get off your ass? That's on you. This guy's not trying to silence anybody. He's not trying to silence anybody. He's just doing his thing. They can't have that. And he's not threatened by them, which is another problem. Everybody who's not threatened by them, they start to go like crazy, start to twitch. It's true. When I, I remember having conversations about the vaccine, before we get to Fauci, the gnome, when I was having conversations about the vaccine, everybody was like, oh, you know, Jed, you'll remember my agent at the time, who conveniently, by the way, dropped me at that time. She's like, oh, I don't know. This is too much. <laughs> get out of here. I can't have a weakling on my team anyway. Anyway, I remember her being like, well, everybody's getting the vaccine. You're never going to be able to work again. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to work in this paradigm. I'm going to have to figure out where I can work, where they will still want people to have some balls. Let's talk about Fauci. <clears throat> if I can stomach it, Tyler. So I see this uh, conversation between Noam Fauci. And uh, this was at a hearing that he was involved in. This is a, a tweet that came out. Fauci admits to having conversations with Mark Zuckerberg about promoting vaccination. I see this and I'm like, well, let me take a listen. We're going to listen to it. We're going to listen to it. It's 40 seconds. Let's listen to the whole thing and then we'll talk about it. Like I have had over a period of time and I'd have to check the dates, Senator. Uh, yes. Honestly, I, I'd have to get the correct dates that Mark Zuckerberg uh, of Facebook uh, had contacted me to make some Facebook live oh. discussions about encouraging how people nice. to get vaccinated mm. and how we can make sure that people understand the importance of vaccination. So there has been, and that's public record. I think anybody who has access to the public face of that Facebook would see, I think it were three conversations that I had back and forth with him about promoting the use of vaccinations as a public health intervention. Why? Like I have had over Why? a period of time. Why? Why is Facebook involved in promoting vaccination for the COVID-19 vaccine? Why? Oh, but it was a public health threat. Was it to everybody? Was it? Or was that a personal decision that people should have been making between themselves and their doctors? Now, 
even if you say to yourself, well, he was, you know, public health advisor and this was, you know, a scary time. I still don't support this. This is ridiculous that Facebook should be taking a stand pro vaccine on the COVID-19 vaccine, pro experimental vaccine. Let's shove it into everybody's feed. Horseshit. That is not their responsibility. That is not their job. This is what we call collusion, my friends. This is collusion between big tech and big pharma and big government. That's how it plays out. And you remember these vaccines, there was a lot of money that exchanged hands between the government and big pharma. And big pharma's made a fortune off of this. And big pharma also is heavily holding hands with big tech. Do you see it yet? Now, what was really interesting to me about this is that this was at the same time, by the way, that people were being shut down on Facebook for voicing dissent. You had people's accounts being shut down. They couldn't talk about any sort of questions about the origin of COVID-19. They couldn't talk about vaccine side effects that were negative. Somebody went and got the vaccine and came home and was twitching or had some sort of neurological condition. All these people were being silenced at the same time that it was like, oh, Dr. Fauci, you want to come on here and promote vaccination? Don't tell me this isn't collusion. You'd have to be fucking brain dead. He says it all. It's just, you know, to promote vaccination, experimental vaccine. Honestly, I can't anymore. So it would be one thing if it was just a free exchange of ideas, right? And everybody had a voice and you, got, you felt this way about the vaccine and you felt that way about the vaccine. And no, there was a cranking down on misinformation. They cracked down on what they called misinformation, which actually wound up being factual in order to spread actual misinformation that was government and big pharma authorized. Let's be clear about what happened here. I don't care if you have everybody saying everything. I don't care if Fauci's on there saying what he's got to say. As long as everybody is entitled to a free exchange of ideas, then I don't care. Do I think that Facebook should be asking for that from Dr. Fauci, that coordinated campaign? No, I don't. No, I don't. But if there were people who were out there with different ideas and different feelings, I'm all for live the life you want, do what you want for yourself. But when one side is shut down and the other side is heavily propped up, then I have a problem with you calling yourself a free speech zone because it's not. Okay. Interesting stuff on Facebook, by the way. Uh, I wrote this book. Hashtag do not disturb. Uh, I wrote it a few years ago and I strongly recommend. I don't I don't like the title. I did not. I, I'm not a fan of the how I ghosted my cell phone to take back my life because that's really a very small part. It was catchy. I dropped the phone. I get it. But that was not really what the book was about. The, this book is about how getting lost in technology and getting lost in social media wrecks your life. It talks about dating. It talks about online dating. It talks about dating apps that actually have virtual reality components and what that does to your mind. It talks about how um, social media essentially programs you to have certain responses and how they sit in rooms with behavioral scientists and figure out how to turn you into a robot. There was one interesting part I remember writing about yesterday about Facebook that I just want to share with you um, a couple of things because Facebook is very well aware of how to manipulate emotions and they do it all the time. And they've actually had to apologize for it before. So I'm just going to take you, um, you don't have this, but just take a listen to what I'm saying. In an article to The Australian, reporter Darren Davidson wrote, Facebook is using sophisticated algorithms to identify and exploit Australians as young as 14 years old by allowing advertisers to target them at their most vulnerable, including when they feel worthless and insecure. Secret internal documents reveal. A 23-page Facebook document 
marked confidential, internal only, outlines how the social network can target moments when young people need a confidence boost in pinpoint detail. By monitoring your posts, pictures, interactions, and internet activity, Facebook can work out when young people feel stressed, defeated, overwhelmed, anxious, nervous, stupid, silly. And then what do they do? They target ads for different things in those spaces. This part became a little bit interesting to me. They had to apologize for it at one point. It says uh, in this article here, people were shown content with a preponderance of happy and positive words. Some were shown content analyzed as sadder than average. People were shown in this Facebook study all different types of content. And at the end of the week, manipulated users were more likely to post either positive or negative words. So in other words, Facebook did a lot of studies where they're like, oh, if we show people a bunch of positive content, is their behavior likely to adapt to that? And then they're going to seize on a lot of positive content? Yes. They were studying how to manipulate you behind the scenes and then implementing it in real time on Facebook. So you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me in the last two years that if they didn't sense from your post fear about COVID, concern about COVID, nervous about COVID, masked up, you know, 16 masks in a hazmat suit going to the grocery store about COVID, that they weren't going to capitalize on that. And now you can inject a, a bunch of like vaccine booster ads, all this stuff, and prey on different types of people at the same time as shutting down whole other voices. You don't think they were doing that? Come on. I didn't read this to you because it's mine. I read this to you because I think it's important. Um, and this book is years old now, but this has been going on for a long time. You better wake up. You better wake up. Senator Ron Johnson again comes in at the end. This is the last thing we'll do today before we get to the chat. So please, I want you to hit that subscribe button. I want you to hit that like button and show some support for a show that doesn't take any shit, by the way, and is out here to protect the little guy like you out there. I've had enough of this shit. And I also want you to get in the chat. I have a big mosquito bite on my arm. You can see it right here. If you see me scratching, I don't have fleas. It's a mosquito bite. <laughs> We'll go into the chat and get your comments, your questions. Super chats, I'm coming to you first if you're in there. Senator Ron Johnson says this. Guy is really, honestly, he doesn't give a shit. Thank God. President Biden lied to the American people about effectiveness of the COVID vaccine. Yesterday, I asked big tech execs if they ever removed his false statements or labeled it misinformation. Their response, crickets. Corruption at its finest. Now, he's referencing... That, of course, Joe Biden, we're going to play this clip in a second. Joe Biden came out initially and said, oh, you can't, you know, if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID, you won't die, you won't transmit COVID. It was a lie. It was a lie. We now know that. Has he ever been labeled as misinformation? No, of course not. Why? Because he's an ally of the machine. That's why. Let's listen to Ron Johnson, because I need you to hear how somebody who doesn't give a shit talks so that you can listen to your local politician and decide whether they're worthy of your vote or not. Let's take a listen. And they were publishing other similar information during that time period when President Biden lied to the American public that this was a pandemic of the unvaxxed, and if you got vaccinated, you're not going to get, you're not going to go to the hospital, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. Well, 63.5% of the people fully vaccinated were dying in England at the exact same time. Why didn't you pull this? Have you ever labeled the President of the United States' comment as, a, as misinformation? Have you ever done that? Silence. Any of you? Yeah, dead silence. I'll take that as a no. That's what you hear from the others. So again, I, I'm just wondering, who are the authorities? Who do you think you are mm -hmm. to censor information from eminently qualified doctors who had the courage and compassion to treat COVID patients when the NIH guideline was basically, if you, get te if you test positive for COVID, COVID, go home, be afraid, isolate yourself. Don't do anything. It's okay, we're good. So, sick. so do you see how this sounds? He's just not, he's not having it. And this guy, by the way, I think it's on Rumble. 
he has a round table. If you have, if you never watched it, it, it's, it's old, but it's worth watching it just to know that he was willing to put out there that people were suffering with side effects and deserved a voice. He wasn't allying himself with the drug companies, which I thought liberals had a problem with the drug companies up until this, up until it became a much larger paradigm, right? Well, we hate the drug companies, but this time they're going to help us to keep everybody scared, get Joe Biden elected, and then have everybody be compliant morons sitting in the house while we shut down their businesses and create a nation of dependents that then are going to want to spend more time on Facebook and more time on social media, and maybe we can even have them use this sex app. down with big corporations but god save pfizer facebook and twitter there you go fuck off liberal mantra exactly everybody's like fuck off because it's enough it's enough so here's your tip people say oh what do you want i I met with somebody the other day great guy produces great content and he said what do you want people to what do you want the takeaway to be from your show that was a whole big conversation because you know the show at large is different here's what i want the takeaway for you to be today stop being compliant These people, these elites, I don't give a shit who it is. I don't care if it's Fauci, Noam Fauci, or if it's um, Kim Kardashian, (laughs) like, or if it's, um, who else did we cover today? Everybody we covered. Or if it's, you know, The View, the elites of The View, or if it's the people who live in Martha's Vineyard. I don't give a shit who it is. I don't care who the elites are, or if it's Barack Obama and his giant-ass house. I don't care who the elites are that decide there should be a separate set of rules for them than for you. You resist that shit because you know what they've done to you. You know what they have robbed you of, and you know, more importantly, what they want to rob you of. You figure out a way to make your money. You figure out a way to stand up for yourself. You figure out a way to make your voice heard. You figure out a way to make it so that the next time Pandemic 2.0 comes around, I don't know when, we'll have to ask Bill Gates. Maybe he's doing some type of conference just wondering what could happen if a second pandemic rolled around. I don't know. But we'll have to ask. But the next time it rolls around, you are in a situation, you are in a a good enough situation where you get to tell your employer, this time I'm not getting the vaccine, fire me. And you know you'll be okay. That's where you need to be. And you also need to be in a position here, and this is my final word. I don't care when these individual issues come up, I don't care if they don't pertain to you. You have to stand with the people that suffer in those moments, with the average guy. Because guess what, next, it might be your business, it might be your town, you never know. So you're gonna want those people to stand with you. So this is about unity among people who give a shit about freedom and who are standing against these elites who feel they're untouchable to all this nonsense. Well, guess what? They weren't so untouchable in Martha's Vineyard when DeSantis said, ha ha, no, I ain't playing. All right, let's head over to the chat. Do we have anything, Tyler, from the chat? Comments, anything? I'd love to hear from people. Uh, yeah, a few things. Sure. Uh, I've been a left-leaning individual my whole life. I don't recognize my own party anymore. Keep up the good work. We don't have to agree on everything, but this authoritarianism has to end. Uh, Amen. $20 chat from Jay. Thanks, Jay. Uh, Wyatt, who's always here. I think he's watched every episode. Five bucks. Uh, I think it's pathetic that we as people say the phrase, quote, I don't agree with everything someone says. (laughs) How do we get to where people even think that? Great, Wyatt, and thank you um, that you've been here from the beginning. I got that hardcore group that's been here from day one, and you know I love you the most. Uh, Another two bucks from Wyatt. Personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. I think that's 
obviously true. Again, why Fresh and Fit, why Rolo, right. why people like Tate are so popular because it's weak people hate a personal responsibility motto, which I think you said. Mm-hmm. That's the, exactly the other day right. In the episode. Yes, and when we're talking about personal excellence, we're not just talking about finances, but we're talking about health. We're talking about fitness. We're talking about things that make you feel like a strong, competent, self-assured person. That is the enemy of the authoritarian every single time. Uh, people said Bila is very spicy. I'm spicy. What can I say? Tyler has better ways than spicy. I come from New York City, man. You know, I'm like a jalapeno. What can I say? Um, I'm looking for some others here. All, all I've been thinking about the past 15 minutes now is the phenomenal job Tony Fauci did with the AIDS crisis. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. You want to know everything you need to know about Fauci? Oh, the go, real Anthony Fauci? Well, no, go read. You want to know everything you need to know about Fauci? Go read Larry Kramer's open letter. Larry Kramer's open letter. Hear that? Fauci the gnome. He's disgusting. You know, you look at some people and it's just a vibe you get. Even if he didn't open his mouth and hadn't been, you would just be like something really just, I don't know, slippery about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he's really, uh, he's an interesting character. Nin- 1988, quote, uh, where'd it go? Anthony Fauci, you are a pill-pushing pimp that cooperates with drug companies enforcing dangerous concoctions down the throats of a desperate community that is brainwashed into believing that taking a pill, any pill, will help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're drug dealers. 1988. Yeah. And remember, if you, if you, turn, if you go that route, if, you go, if you're sick and you're, you go that route, you become a, a permanent customer for these people, right? Because once you're in, it's how do you get out? Then they're all you're all toxic from that. It was I mean, let me tell you, when I when I, I told you about the Lyme disease, they gave me four months of doxycycline at the time. Ridic- it ripped my stomach. It made me feel sicker. My gut was out of whack. I never felt so bad in my it took me months to dig myself, not out from the Lyme disease, but out from their treatment as they prescribed it. For me. That was my own personal experience, not telling anyone at home what to do. But I will tell you this. When you are healthy, when you are self assured, when you are strong minded. When you have will, when you refuse to comply, when you have a direction for yourself and your family, you are the enemy. When you are a strong man, these people can't stand you. They can't stand you. They cannot stand. They're coming for you guys. Be ready. They're coming for you. A few more. Um, Let's see here. KS, five bucks. Today I worked out at the gym. I say build your immune system. I am not a parent yet. We have to be more involved than ever. Great job. uh, Ferozo. I think five bucks. Jed, you should dig into the green energies. That is another gigantic scam that has been rolled out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to we have some deep dives that I'm thinking about doing into different topics. Um, Just trying to test the ground to see where we want to place those, how we want to place those. Um, But yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah. Remember Solyndra? The government was going to come in and make that happen. That didn't work out so well. Yeah. Green energy is another. And and. We said it on the show a few a few months ago or maybe a few weeks ago. I don't even remember when we were like, you know, all of the destruction that was just popping around the farms, the explosions. I'm telling you, man, it's really it, you start doing research. You start looking mm. around. You start connecting dots. You're like, oh, this is a lot more organized and coordinated than I realized. Well, and one thing we didn't cover was was it last week or two weeks ago. California is outlawing all gas vehicles. But oh, mm-hmm. by the way, you can't have any electricity between two and eight p.m. <laughs> right. in California. I'm sure Gavin Newsom's going to abide by that, though. This is what I'm saying, too. 
I'm sure he's going to be, he'll just be sitting in the dark. Al Gore in his 12,000 square foot mansion in Tennessee. No AC for you, but I've got 17 generators and a private jet. Yeah, that's why you have to rally against these people. And there's Republicans like that, too, in Congress that are completely useless. They're not allies. All you need to do is go back during COVID and look at all the silence you heard about the mandates. They didn't care. They were going to let you fester. They weren't doing it. They didn't care. They were like, oh, we'll just, you know, we don't want to be, we don't want to upset the drug companies because maybe they're getting some money from them, too. So, um, yeah, it's a tough time. And I don't want you to feel depressed when we get when we provide this information about the system. It is not to bring you down. It is not to feel make you feel depressed. It's to make you realize your potential to stand up to it. You have to be ready. You have to be ready because you resist. They don't get away with what they want to get away with. And the next generation doesn't suffer. People out there who have kids, everything I do, I have my little boy in my head. Every single thing I do, I have I have his his little face and what the world's going to look like in 20 years for him. And I will not allow this shit to stand. So if you have a microphone out there, use it. You don't have a microphone. You can always, everybody has a microphone, by the way. Just because you don't have this one doesn't mean you can't talk to people in your community, in your town, at your church group, at your kid's school. Everybody has a microphone. It doesn't need to look like this to be important. Sometimes your microphone can be even more important than this if you're doing work in your community at the local level. So feel empowered to make those decisions. Um, I want to thank everyone today for being here with us. I want you to have an amazing, amazing weekend. And we will see you back here next week. Subscribe, like, you know, I love you. See you soon.